Thank you for listening to this trailer. And if you'd like to listen to the full episode, please subscribe to our newsletter called Venture Notes. And amongst a few other things, such as discount codes to events and tools, you get early access to our upcoming podcast agenda and full replays. See you very soon on Venture Notes, venturenotes.co. Before we move into the show today, ActionDesk is the easiest way for startup teams to make better decisions with their data. With most business intelligence tools on the markets, you have to write SQL or learn a clunky interface. Tableau, Metabase and the likes are powerful but complex to use. Exploring data and building new reports require a level of expertise beyond most business users and is not worth the time of engineering and data teams. ActionDesk makes exploring your database or data warehouses data easy. If you know how to use Google Sheets or Excel, you'll know how to use ActionDesk. Instead of uh, writing SQL, you can just use spreadsheet formulas. That is exactly what I really like about ActionDesk. You can access your data in a spreadsheet and give autonomous access to the company data to any business user in a no-code tool. If you're in operations, marketing, sales, or customer support and have a question about your business, instead of asking your engineering or data team, just answer the question yourself with ActionDesk and a few spreadsheet formula. With ActionDesk, you can answer in a few minutes questions like how much revenue did we have yesterday? What's our sales breakdown by region or supplier? How many deals entered the specific deal stage last week? How many customer requests take more than 58 hours to respond to? You will definitely love ActionDesk for its spreadsheet feel. You can try and test different things run small-scale analysis and access all of your database and data warehouse data live. Most of all, you will love the feeling of flexibility and power it gives you. So if you want to save time to analyze your data and make better decisions for your business, head to actiondesk.io to enjoy two months free and tell that you're coming from upcoming VC. So thank you everyone for joining the talk today. This is a Venture Talks number five and the topic of the day is going to be a personal token and the creator's IPO. And I'm very glad to have today assembled a very versatile panel because we have the chance to have four guests. And um, we have first Rex Woodbury. You are an investor at uh, Index and you are joining from uh, San Francisco. Hi, Rex. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for, for joining again. Uh, hi, Julien. You are joining from uh, New York and you are the founder of uh, Unlock uh, Protocol and you recently raised a 4 million USD round. So welcome on the, on the talk today and to the panel. Hi, Julien. Thank you very much. Hi, everyone. Hi, Kenneth. You are joining from Paris and you are the co-founder of uh, Opal. Actually, you are the founder of Opal, so correct me if, I, if I'm wrong. Uh, That's correct. Yeah, you are the founder of uh, Opal, so you are joining from Paris, but you are a repeat founder. And uh, you are joining today for different reasons, but uh, also because you have launched your own uh, token. So we're going we're gonna, to uh, try to understand uh, the rationale for this and um, what has been the, the hurdles and uh, what's the roadmap and what's the, yeah, what's the, the background for such a decision and uh, why you think it's going to be important for you to, um, to, to be or to become accountable with a, a new audience or maybe with an existing audience. And uh, hi, Matthew, you are joining from uh, Toronto and you are the co-founder of Block Perks. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, well, okay, so uh, today the format is uh, it's kind of a live talk, uh, meaning that um, obviously I have prepared many questions because uh, I want to understand uh, this topic uh, and I guess you're, go you're going to be the, the right uh, persons to, to have me understand uh, everything in and out from the topic. But uh, I don't want to monopolize the mic and this is the reason why today we have a few people joining. 
uh, the talk and uh, you will have the opportunity to ask all your questions live. So just don't hesitate. Uh, you don't even need to raise your hand. You just unmute and uh, you can ask your question uh, whenever you, you have one to ask. I want it to be uh, interactive. Uh, so don't be afraid. Uh, don't be shy to ask uh, questions. This is uh, a format made for you. So um, hi, everyone. So we have uh, Shiraz, we have uh, Abhishek, we have Munir, and we have uh, Nick, actually. So hi, everyone. Maybe uh, to start, um, I'd like maybe to set the stage and to, and to have you maybe bring on the table your own definition of what a creator is, because uh, it has been uh, not a term coined uh, very long ago, uh, we have seen uh, a few people talking about uh, 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 the creator economy, but not in such a way. Uh, but the creator economy term was maybe coined maybe 10 years ago, five years ago, seven years ago. But uh, since uh, that moment, I guess uh, the, the, the context, the environment uh, has changed. So maybe the definition of a creator has changed as well. So maybe um, can you, all of you, um, explain what is your definition of a creator and maybe we can start with uh, with Kenneth. Sure. Well, I think what we've seen in recent years is the internet become this massive sort of liberation movement um, that allows anyone in the world to create content, distribute that content. And creators are people who are able to create and distribute content and, and live from that activity. Um, it's becoming ubiquitous many many types of different different types of people are creators all the way from you know more um sort of you know visual um artists people who write words people who write who make videos um and also in many ways i think a lot of independent entrepreneurs are launching software can be considered as creators okay perfect maybe uh, rex you want to uh, to to bring on the table your own definition of a creator Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough one to, to kind of point. I mean, it's such a broad kind of scope of, of who can be a creator. And I think often when people think creator economy, they think, you know, a replacement for Hollywood or a replacement for like the celebrities of yesteryear um, with being a YouTuber or TikToker. And I think it's much broader than that. Kenneth alluded to it with, you know, it's, it's also people who um, I always say it's not just consumer, it's enterprise too. Maybe I'm you know, an app builder on on Notion or Airtable or Figma, or I'm a creator on these sort of platforms where I just make things. Um, but I would offer a definition. So last week, we actually hosted the Index Creator Summit with some of the entrepreneurs in our portfolio. And I kind of liked a couple couple things that Jack Conti, the, the founder of Patreon, and Dylan Field, the founder of Figma said. So Jack um, kind of pointed to three things of, of how he defines creator and how Patreon thinks about it. Um, one was that it's a one-to-many relationship. Um, and so, you know, it's not necessarily um, sort of me one-to-one -one talking to someone through the internet, but I have an audience or a community. Um, the second is that it's parasocial. So what he means by that is it's asymmetric. It's not just your friends and family graph, but you actually sort of are, are interacting with people around the world and, and strangers and amassing community online. And then the last piece is that it's internet native. So this is a digitally native form of work. Um, and so that's kind of what it means to be the job of a creator. And Dylan sort of countered and said, I would actually draw a distinction between creators and the creator economy and that, you know, anyone can be a creator, like anyone can um, go make a TikTok and maybe not even post it, but they made something or maybe only 10 people see it, or someone can design something on Figma, which makes it more accessible for people to be designers. 
But, you know, that is different than the creator economy. When something's an economy, it actually becomes more about value creation and value transfer. Um, and so that's another good distinction of, you know, maybe we all are creators and there are new kind of tools that make it accessible to create and the internet makes it easy for us to share those creations. But when we start monetizing them and earning a living in that way and, and sort of treating it as a form of digitally native work, that's when we start talking about the creator economy. Excellent. Thank you, Rex. Maybe Julien, you want to, uh, to, to, to explain what's your definition of a creator? Yeah, I think that's exactly what uh, Rex said. Maybe in the context of historical context, like I think everybody on the internet was a creator. If you think about the first maybe five, 10 years until like 2005, 2010, maybe everybody was a creator on the internet. Like basically there was no such thing as like share, like share cropping, like basically creating uh, or just being a consumer. Like there was a point where the internet, well, you had a website basically. Uh, everybody was on the internet, had a website. Uh, and then it's really in the last say 10, 15 years that we started to see kind of the, the evolution away from that, early model where we started to see a lot of users on the internet and actually the majority of them actually did not necessarily have their own online presence. Uh, but I think uh, what we're seeing recently is is, the, is back to that where more and more people start to have their own online presences um, and are being creators. Like when you mentioned TikTok, like on YouTube, there is a vast amount of people that are just consuming uh, and not a very small number of people that actually publish content on YouTube. But if you look at TikTok, I'm pretty sure the the, the, the ratio of creators over consumers is a lot more skewed toward creators than, for for example, YouTube was. Um, and, and so to me, that's kind of the idea of the creator economy is like really kind of shifting back to what where everybody creates uh, one way or another. Yes, uh, some might be very um, profitable slash valuable businesses, and but I actually don't necessarily think that it's a distinction worth doing. Like in the end, a uh, creator is somebody who just creates content for somebody else to consume. Um, Okay, perfect. Thank you, Julien. And Mathieu? Yeah, I think I would definitely expand on that. I think what you said previously that the idea of creator economies is very new. I think it's that's super exciting for me. Um, I think just like a broad view of just like a, what a creator would be, uh, is just someone who creates value. And I think that definition is changing constantly. Um, right now, you know, it's NFTs, now it's social tokens. Um, and, you know, th these are things that didn't really uh, have like some sort of regulations. Now, they don't, not even that they really do, like social tokens are still kind of in a gray area, but I think uh, just someone that's creating value, uh, whether that's content, whether that's a video, um, just someone who's just putting it out there for people to watch or to consume. I think that's probably a really good way to kind of look at it. Perfect, very clear. Uh, for, for me, there is also maybe a, a kind of a, of a translation from a pure creator to a, maybe a creator slash uh, business uh, man, business woman. I'd like to understand as well if uh, uh, there needs to be such a consciousness from uh, any creator to, to make a business uh, out of uh, her creation. So I want to understand if this uh, frontier uh, is uh, blurring or if, uh, or if you can remain actually a creator without being a businessman. I mean, to me, if you want to live out of your creations, then at some point you need to be able either to to, uh, to sell it or, to, um, or to, uh, to earn something out of it. So you need to have this kind of uh, businessman, businesswoman DNA. So is this new uh, creator economy bringing people uh, that are just creative and trying to get them understand what a business is? Or uh, can we remain as creative in the creative economy without uh, any, uh, let's say, uh, 
uh, interest in making a business out of it. I'm not sure if my point was clear, but I want to understand the maybe this dual uh, uh, profile that a creator should have first to create, being creative, and then being able to sell. It was about a three-minute question, but uh, I guess that uh, at the end of my question, the point was a bit clearer. <laughs> Who wants to uh, to, to share I guess something I can, about it? I can try. I think one of the great powers of the internet is that it actually allows people who have a creative vision to find an audience and to be able to monetize that audience. And this is something that like you're describing, you know, pre-internet era and even you know, a couple of years ago, you could not do as easily. And so I think the power of the creator economy is that people who are very creative and have an original point of view um, or an original um, creative process can earn a living by doing less compromise than they would have to have done, you know, a few years ago. Maybe the painter uh, ten years ago would have had to um, also have a, a day job um, and do this on the side. And possibly today they can find an audience. It might not be millions of people. It might just be a few hundred people or a few dozen people who can support their work anywhere in the world um, from any kind of background. And that's really the, the power of, uh, of the creative economy and, and what the internet is providing uh, to the world. I think also <clears throat> not only that, but today it's become you know, essential for creators to actually be genuine in their approach and not you know, cynical like a businessman would, but more sort of genuine in their passion and people value uh, authentic content that is really um, you know, comes from a place of passion. And actually this is something that has become a competitive advantage. Um, so yeah, um, creators can be authentic and have sort of a true authentic, authentic creative, creative vision and earn a living today. It's very hard, but it's possible. Yeah, just to add on to that point, I think honestly for those creators that are looking to um, you know, create some monetization, I think long-term they have to really think like entrepreneurially, um, you know, Mr. Beast has a huge team. Logan Paul has a huge team. I think it comes down to scalability. Like if they want to scale very quickly, I think a business is probably the best way to do so. I mean, it's the same thing with just like um, in life, right? I mean, if you if you have your own little restaurant, that's nice. But if you want to scale, you build an empire. And I think um, now creators, I think this next generation, um, they're not going to be a oh, mom, mom, dad. I want to be a doctor. I want to be, uh, you know, like a physician. They're going to be, I want to be a YouTuber. I think that's just such a crazy world that we live in right now that people can express their creativity um, in a way and actually monetize that. And I think they have to, in some sort of way, build some sort of a business sort of, I guess, like re resilience to that, to be able to actually understand how it's going to work. It's not just creating content, it's, it's just, you know, distributing it, right? Like, like you said, maybe your father could have been the best painter in the world, but because he didn't know how to sell it, there was no monetization for the long term. So I do think you need to have some sort of business um, you know, savageness behind you to really scale up what you're doing. Yeah. I also think it, I mean, it's partly just um, the problem of, of the history of art and creativity that we don't train people to think this way. I think one of the hurdles right now is a lot of creative people never thought that there was value in what they're doing um, because the sort of architecture of uh, the economy and in the sort of monetizing piece of it just wasn't built out. And that's changing a bit where hopefully, um, you know, two things. One, I think the best software tools will be able to abstract some of the complexity of running the business. And so, you know, your dad can just paint and do what he does best. And, you know, maybe 
the best uh, tools take care of it. Second, you know, hopefully the economics are set up that, you know, the best creators can have a team of people. They're sort of the new small businesses or even large businesses. I mean, I think Mr. Beast has like 60 or 70 full-time employees now or something wild like that. So, um, you know, I, I think hopefully in the future that will sort of remove some of the business piece of it. But right now you're right, you're right that I think something like 70% of the time that creators spend um, are, are, is spent on sort of business building versus the actual creative output. And so that's definitely broken and we need to build the kinds of tools that make it more accessible to be your own business and monetize, but focus on what you do best. Yeah, I think also one of the uh, one of the mistakes that we've made. I mean, we're all we haven't mentioned this, but I'm in the crypto space, and Web three is all the rage these days, obviously. And I, I tend to think that Web three is the convergence of the creator economy and the crypto uh, economy in many ways. Um, it is basically where a bunch of these creators that were until now kind of stuck on platforms, whether it's YouTube, Patreon, Substack, uh, are finally able to kind of take over, take ownership. Of some of the work that they've done uh, and kind of control it, uh, control the destiny in a, in a much better way uh, through the means of basically crypto enabled uh, tokens, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, one thing that to me is, is very, very important is the fact that until now, a lot of the creators were stuck uh, and had to basically trust that some platform would not deplatform them uh, or would basically not change the rules of how they make money. I mean, we haven't talked about this, but obviously uh, OnlyFans over the summer, I think in August, they announced that they would remove all of the adult content uh, and OnlyFans is just adult content. Uh, and to me, that's kind of a, an interesting thing because you could argue that they're not creators, but I do think that in some way, adult performers are creators. Uh, they create content for sometimes a very large audience. Uh, and so having a platform that eventually is in control of their revenue, of their means of living is something that I think is, um, or was, um, because I think it's gonna go away, a very scary thing for the internet. It's like basically opposite of what the initial forefathers of the web kind of envisioned where anybody could publish content and create um, their, whatever they wanted to create and put it out there for everyone to consume. And then we almost are, and we almost ended, ended up in a world where a small number of very large companies would just be in control of what people can publish, uh, what kind of work they could create, uh, what kind of performance they could provide uh, in ways that would be, uh, again, very much opposite to the initial uh, ideas of the web. So um, if you think about, you said like the economy in that world, like the money as a thing, I'm very grateful of the fact that we're finally seeing kind of a money primitive on the internet, uh, again, in the form of crypto. Uh, cryptocurrencies and, and blockchain as a way to kind of uh, enable that new trend. Uh, I guess the, uh, what you've just said before is a kind of an introduction to the very topic of the day, which is uh, the personal token and the creator's IPO, which is to me quite technical. And uh, to me as well, a Web3 and uh, being able to produce uh, your own content and being able to be creative and to find your audience and to talk uh, with it uh, directly is all about inclusion. And to me, it's it seems like we are at some point uh, nowadays uh, that uh, we haven't been able to deliver on this uh, promise. Okay, you would say that we are very young and this is uh, the very beginning of uh, this Web3 uh, trend. But to me, it is still very technical, which prevents a lot of creators from being able to be creative, uh, deliver content to the audience, and uh, being able to, um, to, to live from what they do and what they, they, they have passion about. So uh, my question is the following, actually. Uh, if you are not technical, if you are not uh, 
uh, savvy enough when it comes to technology as a creator uh, are you are you uh, are you not able to catch the trend and uh, what is needed for you to be able to jump on the trend and to be able to uh, to take part of, of this movement if you are not technical enough uh, because many creators are not able to uh, to have people working for them and uh, being able to to do uh, that part of uh, the sequence and the other part of uh, the process etc so they are doing everything from scratch a to z so if you are not technical uh, you are left apart you are not able to join so what is left for you but maybe i'm totally wrong so i'd like to understand from you if uh, this uh, this uh, point of view is a uh, is uh, let's say objective or if it's something which is biased toward uh, my own understanding that i can't maybe uh, 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 express with uh, with facts you say not technical what do you mean like that's something that i'm like you should not write in code um i actually don't maybe maybe that's uh, one one part but uh, if we want to talk uh, directly about uh, issuing personal tokens it seems like it's very technical it however seems, i mean it seems exactly. like it's technical but it, it's actually not like again like okay Thank you for listening to this trailer. And if you'd like to listen to the full episode, please subscribe to our newsletter called Venture Notes. And amongst a few other things, such as discount codes to events and tools, you get early access to our upcoming podcast agenda and full replays. See you very soon on Venture Notes, venturenotes.co.